The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is brought to you by Clinica Sierra Vista. Welcome back to the 17 News at Sunrise podcast, where we share your news on your schedule. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. Good morning to you. Thanks for waking up with us. I'm Maddie Jansen. And I'm Elena Rusk in for Alex Fisher, who is on assignment this morning. All right, we do have some fun planned this morning. Kevin is coming up. He's got your weekend forecast, but he's also at a very special place with a look at some fun stuff to do this summer. So we'll get to that coming up in just a moment. But we begin this morning with breaking news from overnight. We've learned that two people who attended the Lightning in a Bottle Music Festival last weekend in Bakersfield died after suffering medical emergencies. According to a news release from Kern County Fire, each suffered an acute medical emergency at their own camping areas away from the main festival area. One person was taken to Kern Medical on Saturday and pronounced dead. The other died Sunday at the camping area. The causes of their deaths were not immediately known. The crowd was estimated to be about 27,000 people at the festival as temperatures reached into the triple digits. Well, graduation time is a celebration, of course, but it's also a time for caution. The prevalence of fentanyl in recreational street drugs means danger could be lurking at many grad parties this weekend. It was just about a year ago that 18-year-old East High volleyball star Destiny Ayala died of a fentanyl poisoning a mere 24 hours after her graduation, most likely because she took a pill she assumed was a pharmaceutical opioid. Destiny's image and those of other victims of that illicit drug are on billboards across the city this week. Fentanyl has been found in knockoff Vicodin, Xanax, Oxycodone, and other pills. And as little as two milligrams of fentanyl can kill an average size adult. First responders urge everyone to consider carrying the overdose reversal spray Narcan in case someone exhibits signs of trouble, such as slow breathing, a weak pulse, chest pain, nausea, vomiting, or seizures. Last year, fentanyl killed 225 people in Kern County and 71,000 across the U.S. In your 17 court launch this morning, convicted murderer Jamie Osuna, charged with torturing and killing his cellmate at Corcoran State Prison, fired his attorneys in a move that could further delay the case that began in 2019. Osuna is accused of decapitating his cellmate, 44-year-old Luis Romero, back on March 8, 2019. At the time of Romero's death, Osuna was serving a term of life without parole for the torture slaying of Yvette Pena in Bakersfield. Osuna entered the courtroom flanked by eight detentions deputies and requested a Marsden hearing, which is typically used when an attorney is providing ineffective assistance. The judge granted Osuna's request, prompting the convicted killer to give a thumbs up to a woman in the audience. It's not yet clear if an expected ruling on Osuna's competency to stand trial will be postponed. He is due back in court July 22nd. And we took a deep dive into Osuna's life and the lives of his victims in our award-winning podcast, The Man with a Thousand Faces. You can listen to it on Apple and Spotify. You can also find more on this case on our website, KGET.com. Continuing our court watch, newly released court records say an Oildale man charged with murder admitted to stabbing his girlfriend. 23-year-old Kore Hiwayave told detectives he went to a convenience store early on May 20th to buy Gatorade for his girlfriend. When he arrived back home, he said his girlfriend was lying dead in a pool of blood. Detectives, however, noticed Hoyave had scratches on his chest and arms, and the clerk at the AMPM where he claimed to have visited told deputies he hadn't been in. 
As the interview continued, Hoyave said he and 22-year-old Lupi Melandres argued over money and got in a fight that ended with him disarming her of a knife and stabbing her. This is all according to court records. Melandres' mother told detectives her daughter and Hoyave had dated since the eighth grade, but had hit a rough patch and her daughter planned to move back home. Hoyave has pleaded not guilty to first-degree murder and is being held without bail. He is due back in court June 10th. All right, a reminder, if you experience domestic violence or you know someone who is, there is help available. You can always call 911 if it's an emergency. You can also call the Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault at 322-0931. Their crisis line is 327-1091. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline is available at 1-800-799-SAFE. All right, now to national news. President Biden says it's past time for Congress to do something about gun violence in our country. The president's remarks came during a rare evening address from the White House. NBC's Bree Jackson reports from Washington. Following a series of deadly mass shootings, President Biden once again pleading with Congress to act on gun control legislation. How much more carnage are we willing to accept? How many more innocent American lives must be taken before we say enough? enough. The president laying out specific actions ranging from strengthening background checks to banning assault weapons or at least raising the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. Also arguing that this issue is not about taking away Second Amendment rights. It's about protecting children. It's about protecting families. It's about protecting whole communities. Bipartisan talks about gun laws are underway. I'm very clear-eyed about what is possible and I'm encouraged by these conversations. The effort has some support from Republicans who want to focus on issues like mental health. Mental illness and school safety are what we need to target. So to say it's inconsequential and then... But lawmakers remain divided in other areas. Is there any other possible way to stop a bad guy with a gun but with a good guy with a gun? There is no other way. This false notion of good guys with guns does not work. The president says his message and the message from victims of gun violence remains the same. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. A passionate call for Congress to pass measures to curb gun violence. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she expects the House to vote on a collection of sweeping gun control bills next week. In Washington, I'm Bree Jackson for NBC News. Back at home, the United Way of Kern County is celebrating today after being chosen as the 2022 Nonprofit of the Year by Bakersfield Assemblyman Rudy Salas. It is one of more than 100 nonprofits honored on June 8th, coming up here, by state lawmakers for their outstanding contributions to the communities they serve. Marie Perez Dowling, President and CEO of United Way, says UWKC's mission is to improve community conditions in education, health, and financial stability by delivering programs and services to enhance the lives of Kern County residents. 
the nonprofit, nonprofit sector, that is, reportedly the fourth largest industry in the state, employing more than 1.2 million people and generating more than $273 billion in revenue. They do a lot of great things in our they community. Do. Well, as the school year's wrapping up, the Bakersfield Youth Commission is already looking ahead to next year. That's right. They're hosting a school supply drive for kindergarten through eighth grade students tomorrow from 10 to 1 at the Assistance League building on Q Street at 20th Street. They hope to gather school supplies any students might need this fall, plus new clothing, toys, hygiene kits to be delivered by the Assistance League. You know, I, I buy a lot of stuff at the beginning of the school year, so yes. maybe maybe you have some stuff left over that didn't get used this year. Oh, great time to go great ahead, idea. donate it. You know, in a few months, you'll be shopping again for sure. So Yeah, we ended up with three pairs of scissors, so I'm going to give two go. tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, your time's 5.08 now, and after two years of offering virtual and hybrid summer programs, the library is excited to welcome the community back into the stacks for in-person summer programs. That's right, they're kicking off their annual summer reading challenge, Read Beyond the Beaten Path, encouraging kids to adventure through books into the great outdoors and find some activities that explore camping, hiking, and more nature-related activities. All ages can sign up for the challenge, choosing to read either 10 books or log 10 hours. Children and teens who complete the challenge are eligible to get a free book from the Friends of the Kern County Library to help build an at-home library, along with additional incentives like discounts and coupons for free food. Visit your local Kern County Library branch to sign up or join the challenge online at uh, online on Beanstack. Or for more information, you can visit kclsummerchallenge.org. My kids are so excited for this yes. because they have a whole shelf of prizes at the Tehachapi Library Ooh. that they are on. Like, ooh, can I win that? Can I win that? Right. The library has so many incredible programs to offer. They absolutely do. One of my favorite is lunch. You can go and check with your local branch to see what the times are. But you'll arrive, you get this free lunch, which really feeds the kids for the rest of the day, and you get to join and all the fun. Fantastic. Well, today marks the 100th day since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The war has become Europe's worst armed conflict in decades. Tens of thousands of soldiers and civilians have been killed as a result, and millions have been forced to flee their home or have been internally displaced. Hundreds of structures destroyed, including schools, residences, factories, hospitals, and bridges. Russian troops have been repelled from around the capital of Kyiv and are now setting their sights on capturing eastern Ukraine, meaning the war drags on. According to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, Russia now holds 20% of their country. 17 News is your local election headquarters. We're just four days away from the midterm primary election in California, and the spotlight is on election integrity. 17's Moses Small finds out what's being done to ensure your vote counts. Thousands of voters in Kern will hit the polls on Tuesday at the County Elections Office on Truxton Avenue. Election officials say their process is secure. Workers process vote-by-mail ballots in this room, scanning signatures by machine before reviewing them by hand. Then every ballot goes here, where these machines tabulate votes. Meantime, security cameras watch the entire process, but that's not all. We take 1% of the precincts and then hand count all the votes for those 1% of the precincts and then compare that to what the machine tabulation was and um, to make sure that the machine was operating correctly. And, and we have not had any um, tabulation errors. But not everyone feels confident votes will be tallied fairly and accurately. Dozens of people, like Greg Perone, plan to keep an eye on the process on election night. Do you feel confident that this upcoming election will be fair? Um, if I gave it a letter grade, I would say probably a C-. The entire election process has changed 
Um, specifically surrounding nowadays the mail-in ballots. How do I know my ballot got cast? He says he never received a mail-in ballot while they're supposed to go to every registered voter. It concerns me now that I have a replacement ballot in my hand and they told me there was a mail-in ballot that was mailed to me. So now there's two ballots in my name. That concerns me. Bedarn says the county counts only one ballot per person, so you can't have two votes under your name. But in the unlikely case someone grabs your ballot before you can fill it out, Whoever got it, if they did try to vote it, they'd have to, to, to forge the signature. Um, so, and if it's a stranger, you're not going to know what their signature looks like. And, and even if it's not a stranger, it's, it's rather difficult to forge signatures. The loops, you know, in certain letters, the way they begin the signature or the ending, you know, we're looking at it, all of that. Moses Small, 17 News. Meanwhile, Democrats fuming after a mailer appearing to portray local Republican candidates as Democrats hit mailboxes in Kern County this week. The mailer says, quote, vote Democratic. Underneath are pictures of Kern District Attorney Cynthia Zimmer, Sheriff Donna Youngblood, Assessor Candidate Todd Reeves, Auditor Controller County Clerk Candidate Mark McKenzie, and Third District Supervisor Candidates Jeff Flores, who are all known Republicans. Democrats say the legal disclaimer for the mailer shows the Republican candidates paid for it and approved it. Political consulting firm Western Pacific Research represents these candidates. Kathy Abernathy, who runs the firm, said the candidates pay to be on Democratic mailing lists in order to reach Democratic voters and ask for their vote. She says Western Pacific Research provides the candidates' photos, names, and text under the photos, but a group called Democratic Voters' Choice prepares the mailer and sends it out. Utah's 535 wildfires across California and the West are burning hotter and faster thanks to the mega drought that has been with us for more than 20 years now. The challenge for fire crews is staying ahead of the flames. This season, Cal Fire will have a fleet of new weapons to help fight those wildfires at night. These Sikorsky Firehawk, Firehawk helicopters have been described as a game changer. Their job is to attack wildfires and rescue people in harm's way. Chief helicopter pilot for Cal Fire, Ben Berman, says for the first time, the Firehawk chopper will be able to fight wildfires at night because the choppers also provide night vision. In years past, Cal Fire fights or flights were limited to daylight hours, and that's not the only benefit of this helicopter. It's capable of three times the water capacity of what the Huey can provide. Uh, it's a, it has a thousand gallon tank on it. It can fly about a third faster than the Huey as well. There are only four trained instructor pilots. Cal Fire is working to certify more than 40 more, but it will take about a year to get them certified with those night vision goggles. So interesting. All right, around the world, the Platinum Jubilee celebrations continue this morning in England. Day two of four days set aside to honor Queen Elizabeth for her 70 years of service, the longest reigning sovereign in British royal history. But today's events are taking place without the guest of honor. The Queen skipping a scheduled church service this morning after yesterday's Trooping the Colors parade. Jay Gray is at the party in London and joins us with the latest. As the royal family gathers at St. Paul's Cathedral, day two of the Platinum Jubilee begins with thanks and prayers for Queen Elizabeth. After an opening day parade and parties honoring Britain's longest sitting monarch. This is history in the making. We'll never see something like this again, especially even in my generation. 
The queen has served for seven decades. Her commitment and dedication to her country, its history and traditions, unwavering. And that is what people will be celebrating during the Jubilee. Um, all the pomp and circumstance of the monarchy and what it stands for and the way in which she has embodied it so well and with such a wonderful sense of duty. <laughs> Many taking part in the celebration saying it's their duty to show their appreciation. She's done so much for the country and it's just incredible. We're just, you know, and the least we can do is come out and see her. And say thank you. Jay Gray, NBC News, London. That is Bakersfield's own Gregory Porter performing for Queen Elizabeth as part of her Jubilee celebrations. The Grammy-winning musician has traveled the world bringing the soul of Bakersfield to hundreds of thousands. The Highland High School grad took to social media writing, this will be one of those moments I will never forget. Congratulations to Her Royal Majesty the Queen on her Platinum Jubilee. Incredible. Okay, I know I'm biased because he's from here, but his music oh, just know. fills your chest the oh, second you hear it. It's giving me chills. Because yeah. I have goosebumps, actually. <laughs> it, he is incredible, and what a cool honor. Oh, I just love that. Amazing. All right. Working in the spirit of the Golden Empire, this is 17 News at Sunrise. The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is a production of KGET and Nexstar Media Group. For more on all of the headlines in today's show, head to KGET.com.